stories, spirituality, pathways, and aliens. You're here on The Long Road Home. You know, I'm just really, really happy that things are back to normal here in the United States. I know, right? It just everything. It's almost feels like right. nothing bad happened here. We're just right, right back to where we used to be. I'm real, real excited to just move on with my life and forget about this election. Forget and about 2020. Forget that it ever happened. Exactly. That all this rage that's built up inside of me the past four years it just never existed. And yeah, never happened. It's been really nice here, Moving guys. Moving on. Yeah, welcome to another episode of the Long Road Home. <laughs> We're glad you're here today, guys. We've got a good one for you. In case you didn't understand, um, nothing has changed. Please keep wearing your masks. Thank you. Yep. Apocalypse Radio. Still what we're calling it. <laughs> uh, we are here live from the bunker. We have a lot of moths in our house right now. Dude, what is up with the moths? I, I thought that we got them out. It's very... Y'all, I don't know uh, what happened. Unsettling. They just like came it. out of nowhere. All of a sudden, we had a bunch of moths in our kitchen, and we thought that we had cleared them all out, and... Surprise! This morning, they're all back somehow? Yeah, they just keep coming. It's very awful. I hate it. I'm so sick of seeing moths in my house right now. If you guys know how to get rid of moths, let us know. Email show at gmail.com. Hopefully, they hate lavender. and Yeah, Emily found a little recipe she's been throwing out. Rosemary and cloves. We're going give it, to give it the old natural try before we murder these moths. I don't know. I've murdered a lot of them already. <laughs> Oh, like no. angrily started I've swiping. Been, I've been trying to like There's nicely that many of them. usher them out the door, but at what point? At w- There's that many of them that I'm like furiously swiping at the air in our house right now. It's stupid. I hate it. I don't know where they came from. I did hear something today though that uh, like they come in a lot of times from like egg particles in the air, something like that. That's where the flies. That's how flies get on meat and stuff, even when it's not been like outside. Like maggots. Know. Like maggots, I don't yeah. know if moths work the same way. I don't know if any of that's true. <laughs> Apocalypse Radio. Okay. Speaking of moths. But, yeah, I think maybe maybe they just sensed what we wanted to talk about this week. Yeah, I'm very excited. They knew that it was a special anniversary. Yeah, this week marks the anniversary of the very first sighting of the Mothman. Dun, dun, dun. I'm so happy that we're covering this. I love Mothman. I think we both love Mothman. I do. I love I love me a good Mothman story. I'm definitely a believer. I think he's trying to communicate with us. I want to know. I want to know what, he's, what he has to say. He's got something to say. That's for sure. Uh, weirdly enough, there's not as much information on the initial sightings as I thought there would be. For as well as we know Mothman... Yeah. The internet doesn't seem to know him quite as well. I really, really was taken aback. I had no idea. I thought that like I would go on there and there would be a plethora of like stories and firsthand accounts. But really, after those first couple of sightings, things uh, become very hard to find. Well, I think I think we really have to um, put our nose in the books if we want to learn yeah. even more about Mothman. There's definitely some books out there, but they're hefty. Yeah, we need someone who has dedicated his life to drinking Diet Coke in his office and just calling everyone in West Virginia about the Mothman. Y'all, I'm not even kidding. I found a 1,200-page book on Mothman. Yeah, that's a I lot. I love you guys. I love this podcast, but ain't nobody got time for that. Not me. Not me either. Yeah, there are a lot of very intense books out there that you can go read about the Mothman. I personally didn't read any of those. I found most of my stuff on the internet. Uh, and honestly, 
there's just there's a lot of like the same stuff out there but um we kind of compiled everything that we could and we've got it here for you today let's go ahead and dive in if you don't already know mothman is typically described as a bipedal winged humanoid despite his name which was given to him by newspapers he is in no way moth-like and has an appearance more like that of a large humanoid owl his coloration varies from black, gray, to even brown, although it's usually the darker shades. He is often reported to be about 7 feet tall, with a wingspan of about 10 to 15 feet or more. Plus, he has the ability to fly at up to speeds of 100 miles an hour, which is crazy fast. That's faster than a cheetah. This creature also seemed to have foretold a terrible accident that occurred in 1967 when the Silver Bridge in Point Pleasant, West Virginia collapsed, killing 46 people. The first Mothman sightings occurred near the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia in 1966. On November 12th of that year, five men in the nearby town of Clendenon were digging a grave when they reported seeing a brown, man-like, shadowy figure fly over their heads from a nearby tree. I can't imagine how scary that must have been to be digging a grave and uh, look up and you see the devil himself. Yeah. Hell Satan, baby! Flying over top of you. Especially in West Virginia. I bet those people uh, just literally piss their pants. So this first sighting sort of just got blown over. The sheriff told him eh, it wasn't anything, not to worry about it. He, the sheriff, I don't know if, yeah, he, I'm assuming he's dead. But as far as I know, he was convinced it was just a uh, sandbill crane the whole time. No matter what anyone told him, he said sandbill crane. He called them like shit pokes what? or something like that. It's some, it's, I don't know if they're the same thing, but he kept referring to a shit poke. I don't know what Aren't that is. are they a totally different color? Well, sand, sandhill cranes have big red eye, uh, circles around their eyes. Okay. Yeah, but but uh, then aren't aren't they also white? Yes. Oh, I guess <laughs> I guess it's something I forgot to mention in his description. He does have very large red eyes. He's either described as not having a head with the eyes sitting where the shoulders would be, or whatever. If he does have a head, he's still got the big red football-sized eyes sticking off of him. Um. Three days later, on November 15th, two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Mallet, told police they were chased in their car by a black figure with a 10-foot wingspan and glowing red eyes. This also happened near Point Pleasant and by a former World War II munitions site called the TNT area. The TNT area is the former West Virginia Ordnance Works from World War II, located in Mason County, about seven miles north of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's now called the McClintic Wildlife Management Area. Located on over 3,000 acres, the wildlife management area is occupied by 600 acres of farmland, 180 acres of wetland, 1,100 acres of brushland, and 1,700 acres of hardwood forest. There's, there's a little bit more information here on what the land is used for um, it's not important. We're talking about Mothman. Right, exactly. Besides all of the practical things that the area is the hell for, with that land. it's also a haven for partying teenagers. And it's where many people saw the creature now dubbed the Mothman. Yeah, so this area was more known as a lover's lane at the time. But yeah, it's uh, the history of the TNT area seems pretty terrible. Uh, I've read a lot of different stuff about purported like leaks of chemicals and stuff into the ground in the area from the munitions. Uh, apparently, it was one of the most polluted places in the country Ooh. back then after World War II. Yeah. Disgusting. Hmm. So, that's kind of interesting, though. Maybe everyone's just, like, high off waste fumes. Off fumes. One time, when I was in high school, we uh, sealed the barn roof with, like, this... It's called sealer, I guess. And it's got this real shiny look to it. And then we just burned the barrel. And we cooked marshmallows over the top of it. And I, I think about that sometimes. The barrel of the of the sealant? Yeah. 
<laughs> like you and your family. Yeah, me it. and just everyone just sitting and, around the, and the barrel. And cooked over it. Yeah, with marshmallows. Hmm. Yeah. And did y'all have like warm, fuzzy feelings? I Honestly, it was a while ago. I didn't turn into Mothman, though. That's all I know. Oh, oh, you're saying, okay, I was saying that the waste was contributing to the sightings, meaning that everyone was like high off of waste fumes and saw Mothman, but you're saying that it's more of a like a Spider-Man situation It could be a Spider-Man scenario. That, <laughs> that there was a moth, waste, a moth and a man fell into the mixture and their DNA got crossed. I understand and I like it and we're going and with this And then he could tell theory. the future just like that fucking show, uh, what is it called? The guy that could see the, the dead people. And he tries to prevent their deaths. I don't remember. Sixth Sense? No. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called. I'll look it up and uh, I'm sure I'll, like, it'll, my brain will trigger it and I'll shout it later. Oh, um, I do have this uh, newspaper clipping I got from newsclippings.com that actually has the quote from the two couples that saw the Mothman at the TNT area. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I'm going to do this in a West Virginia accent. <clears throat> we told y'all this was coming. We came over a little rise in the road out near the old plower plant when we saw... <laughs> plower. God damn it. You got it. We came over a little rise in the road out near the old power plant when we saw the eyes over in the, over in the bushes. They glowed red and they were six inches apart, Mallet said. They all saw it, the eyes glowing weirdly in the bush. Mallet, a hunter since he was six, brushed it off as a coon or another animal. And now that's how you know it's West Virginia because they just wrote coon. Then they steered their car out of the maze of dirt roads and fish ponds which make up the McClintock Wildlife Station. When we reached the paved road, there it was again, sitting on the bank across the road. So they basically, when they saw Mothman, they ran, and it chased them for a really long time. They are the ones that uh, described its speed as well over 100 miles an hour as they were speeding away from the Mothman. So my question is, if Mothman is chasing them down, and he could fly at 100 miles an hour, why didn't he catch them? <laughs> because Mothman is not there well, to Well, listen. He's only there to terrify. You and I know. You and I know that Mothman is not here to harm. But it just, they made it, in the start of the story, it sounds like he's like pursuing them and is aggressive. But I'm saying that the Mothman that we know and love, while fast, yes, is not an attacker. So. You know, maybe he wanted to uh, give him a little tongue action. Give him a little kiss. I think he was like, wait. Let me in on something that. Something terrible is going to happen. Let me be that fifth I'm wheel, the only baby. one that knows. <laughs> It could have Please been, stop and listen to me. Believe no. me, my DNA got crossed with the moths. Give me some of your lamp. <laughs> what is that? 2019? 2018? I don't remember anymore. Mean it's all culture? the same. Oh, I just uh, started to break the story up even worse. I just remembered like two weeks ago that I'm 30. Yeah, that was a sad moment, <laughs> you guys. I, uh, I was I was there yeah, with him. It's and all, the poor thing. It's all falling apart. He, he sat there and he said, man... <laughs> Uh, I don't want it to be 2021. And I was like, wait, what? That's kind of contrary to contrary to everything that everyone else is saying. And he was like, yeah, I'm not ready to be 30. I turned 30 last year. He turned 30. <laughs> well, th it was this year. But. It was this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, let's We're wrapping it up. We're getting back to it. We're getting back to the yeah. story. Sorry, you guys. Um, We're doing our best. Also, Linda described what they saw on the side of the road as a bird-like humanoid creature with a large wingspan and fiery red eyes. She said it was about seven feet tall, its wings folded against its back, and, quote, you could see muscles in its legs, she recalled. <laughs> Hell yeah, she's a leg woman. Yeah, Mothman don't skip leg day. Some people like thick thighs. 
The group went straight to the Mason County Police Department to share the terrifying account, which soon made its way to local papers. Uh, they, Linda was also quoted as saying, I wish we had never seen it. I wish someone else had seen it. Yeah, right. They want to see them legs. At first, reporters were skeptical. In the papers, they called the Mothman a bird and a mysterious creature. However, they did print Mallet's description. It was like a man with wings. That's it. That's what they printed. That's what they printed. Like a man with wings. But more and more sightings were reported in the Point Pleasant area over the next year as the legend of the Mothman took shape. The Gettysburg Times reported eight additional sightings in the short span of three days after the first claims. This included two volunteer firefighters who said they saw <clears throat> a very large bird with large red eyes. That's him spitting tobacco. Oh, nice. Into a spittoon. Yeah. Pating. Nice. This was the 60s, but it was in West Virginia, so they had spittoon. Once again, I am from the South. <laughs> I can say this. Newell Partridge, and this, we should say, is an alias. Which I do not understand. I mean, I guess I get it, but also, like, Everyone still knows his real name. I don't know why uh, everyone still calls him this. Um, why did he only change his first name? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's too close to that TNT area for too long. <laughs> oh, no. Newell Partridge, or Merle Partridge, a resident of Salem, West Virginia, claimed that he saw strange patterns appearing on his television screen one night, followed by a mysterious sound just outside of his home. Shining a flashlight towards the direction of the noise, Partridge supposedly witnessed two red eyes resembling bicycle reflectors looking back at him. This anecdote remains a popular one in the Mothman mythos, especially since it allegedly led to the disappearance of Partridge's dog. To this day, some still believe that the fearsome beast took his beloved pet. Now, why would Mothman do that, though? Honestly, this is probably my favorite Mothman story and there's like very little detail into what exactly happened. The same news clipping that I pulled the other information from also has his story in it and he is very very angry because that dog cost $350. That's an expensive dog. It was a $350 German Shepherd. True. Um, he claims it was a very obedient dog. Uh, I'll just I'll just read it. Uh, Neil Newell Partridge, a building contractor, said the three-year-old shepherd bandit by the name went into the darkness after the thing, and it never returned. He gave us this story. At about 10.30 p.m. Tuesday night, his television reception was interrupted by a generator noise so severe he had to turn the set off. Almost immediately, the dog started carrying on something terrible with a death howl. We've heard Whoa. that howl. Yeah, we have. <laughs> we got a hound. Partridge opened the door and picked up two red reflections when a flashlight beam was passed over the meadow. At this, the dog's hair stood up. He bared his teeth and rushed into the woods. And after that, he was never seen again. Uh, he does claim that the this is he claims the three hundred fifty dollar dog has never stayed away from home more than fifteen minutes before. Oh, poor bandit. Yeah, it's a. Uh, he was a good boy. Maybe he's um, the Mothman's companion now. I would assume. He'd be like, hey, you want to get out of West Virginia? I'd be like, hell yeah. He's like, bro, dog, you got to get out of here. Some shit's about to hit the fan. You're going to get black lung if you don't leave West Virginia. And he's like, okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll go with you. Maybe he'll dip him in the vat of TNT juice and then with a moth, and then he will also become a moth dog. Moth dog? Moth dog. Mothman and moth, moth dog. dog. Yes. Okay, this is happening. Yeah. Um, we can make a children's book. <laughs> Copyright. Mothman, moth dog. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh. So, like I said, that is to me the most interesting story that comes out of like the first initial sightings. It's just because of like how how physical the contact was. I guess he was like visibly was able to see it. And there's nothing more terrifying than being on a farm and shining a light through the cornfield only to see something looking at you. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be pretty spooky. So after the Partridge account, it seems like any detail into sightings seen after those first couple become very vague and just sort of generic. Like there were a couple more sightings here and there. You don't hear anything like a big crazy story like that. But for a year, people saw Mothman here and there around Point Pleasant in West Virginia. And on December 15th, 1967, just over a year after the first Mothman sighting, something happened to the Silver Bridge. Originally built in 1928 to connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Gallipoli, Ohio, the bridge was packed with cars that night. Can I also just say, well done on the Gallipoli pronunciation. I don't know why I know that, but I do. That night, the bridge was packed with more cars than it usually was. This placed a strain on the bridge, which had been built in a time when cars were lighter. The Model T had weighed just 1,500 pounds, a modest sum compared to the 1967 average for a car, 4,000. The bridge's design featured very little redundancy, meaning that if one part failed, there was almost nothing in place to prevent other parts from failing as well. And on that cold December day, that is exactly what happened. Without warning, a single eye bar near the top of the bridge on the Ohio side cracked. The chain snapped, and the bridge, its careful equilibrium disturbed, fell to pieces, plunging cars and pedestrians into the icy water of the Ohio River below. 46 people died, either by drowning or being crushed by the wreckage. Oof. So honestly, Brutal. it's a terrible, it's a terrible disaster that you know happened in a very small community. So most of these people knew one another, I would imagine anyway. So this was a very big freak accident, and it shocked pretty much everyone. Oh man, I can't even imagine. Ugh, then you fall into the freezing water. Yeah, the cold so water. Like, cold water is very scary to me. Well, that was that was a part of. Another reason why it was so disastrous is that the people is that they I think it was also like weren't there like crazy high banks or something around the, the edges I of think the river so. and so it was like really hard to get people out and yeah it, so then more people passed because they just got stuck in the freezing river oh yeah Ugh. and somewhere deep in the night Mothman was going I told you so you should have listened uh, I was trying to I tried to warn you no one ever listens to Mothman they, they only ever point they only ever point. Some in town began to think that the Mothman sightings were no coincidence and that what were initially thought of as paranormal events were actually an omen of what was to come. Writer John Kill, who had an interest in extraterrestrial life and other paranormal activity, wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies that linked the bridge collapse with the Mothman sightings officially. He believed that it was no coincidence that these two things happened at the same time. And in his book, he surmised the Mothman sightings to point pleasant locals had were premonitions about the bridge collapse. Kill also linked the monster to UFOs and a topic that we are going to cover one of these days, the Men in Black. Definitely. We're definitely going to do a Men in Black episode. I'm so intrigued by the Men in Black. And it's not the Men in Black that you're thinking of when you think of Will Smith and... Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, No, it's a very different tale of Men in Black. Yeah, uh, and you have a little bit more information about Kill, right? I do. Um, So there's a couple of people that I wanted to talk about who are really involved in this story. The first is John Keel, um, who, as Chad said, is the author of The Mothman Prophecies. 
John Keel uh, was born in the year 1930 in Hornell, New York. Uh, his very first story was published in a magician's magazine at age 12. Not unlike L. Ron Hubbard. Really? Yeah, his uh, Scientology book was published in a science fiction magazine. I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. Okay. In 1951, he was drafted to the U.S. Army uh, during the Korean War. He spent his military years serving on the staff of the American Forces Network at Frankfurt, Germany, working mostly for the Armed Forces Network. Kiel claimed that while in the Army, he was trained in psychological warfare as a propaganda writer. Oh, shit. So um, just like interesting tidbits, he seemed to have a, a, a very interesting life. Yeah, that's crazy that he was a propaganda writer. That makes sense why his book was so good. He also um, did some writing for comic books, uh, contributed poetry to various magazines, and wrote, and wrote scripts for early TV station WABD. In 1967, Keel popularized the term Men in Black in an article for the magazine Saga entitled UFO Agents of Terror. According to Keel, he initially sought to explain UFOs as extraterrestrial visitations, but later abandoned this hypothesis. His third book, UFOs Operation Trojan Horse, uh, published in 1970, linked UFOs to supernatural concepts such as monsters, ghosts, and demons. He used the term ultra-terrestrials to describe UFO occupants who he believed to be non-human entities capable of taking on whatever form they want. In his 1975 book, The Mothman Prophecies, that's when we see Keel's account of his investigation into alleged sightings uh, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So he's one of like the early, early investigators into UFOs, extraterrestrials. And in a book prior to The Mothman Prophecies, he was already starting to kind of try to connect dots between UFOs and quote unquote monsters. Yeah, it sounds like the Mothman Prophecies was like a big mishmash of all the stuff he already enjoyed. He was just like, oh boy, he got to writing. He made the best Mothman book there ever was. Also, Kill probably made the first Mothman erotica. Sounds like he was into him. You think so? Yeah. Um, Either him or Mary, who is the other person I wanted to talk about, Mary Heyer. um, She worked closely with Kill during his investigation into Mothman and herself was... um, a reporter for the Athens Messenger. Mary Heyer would often report on the odd occurrences in her newspaper column called Where the Waters Mingle. And as a result, she met John Keel. So she also claimed to have seen UFOs um, and was visited by the men in black. Mary was often relentless in her endeavor to report the strange phenomenon going on in Point Pleasant. Some believe this led to the men in black paying regular scheduled visits to her office in attempts to putting a stop to her releasing newspaper reports. So again, we're not going to get super into it, but the theory was is that the men in black um, came to her to kind of try to stop her from reporting on the Mothman. That's typically what they are uh, sent here to do. I know, and I didn't want to get too much into it because I know that that's like a whole other episode, but I kind of wanted to touch on it because it's just so strange to me that these stories are intertwined. Well, yeah, it sounds like they held the belief, and I haven't read the book that he wrote, but it, it seems like they held the belief that Mothman was much less of a cryptid and more of a uh, alien entity. That's definitely where they were going with this, I think. Well, the cover of his book is really strange. It, like, it doesn't really, I mean, I guess it kind of looks like what everyone describes the Mothman man as in some aspects but it's like the dude it's just like a chiseled man with bat wings he's like a demigod <laughs> yeah he's got those thick thighs though got he didn't thighs, skimp on the legs though. look um, at them glutes <laughs> 
So Mary died on February 15, 1970, at the age of 54 years old. She had worked at Athens Messenger for over 27 years. Um, she covered numerous stories throughout the area. And in 1975, John Keel dedicated his book, The Mothman Prophecies, to Mary High and the people of West Virginia. Mary Higher, excuse me, and the people of West Virginia. So I just thought that was sweet that they had kind of found one another over this story and that after her passing, he dedicated the book to her. No, that's definitely, I did not know any of that. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, regardless of what people in the town believed, after the bridge collapsed, the Mothman quickly seems to have vanished from Point Pleasant and really wasn't seen again after that. So the Mothman would have faded away if it hadn't been for Kill's book, uh, which brought renewed attention to the creature and honestly sparked a huge surge in interest. Eventually, that book was turned into a movie that features Richard Greer and Laura Linney, and that brought the Mothman back into the spotlight even further. I really enjoyed the Mothman prophecies when I saw it when I was, what, 12? <laughs> so uh, I don't know how well it holds up. I meant to watch it before we did this, but I just didn't have the time. I know. I've not seen it, so we're going to have to do that this week. Oh, yeah. It's uh, Honestly, it did freak me out. I do remember it freaking me out. Subscribe to our Patreon if you're interested in extra content like us watching the Mothman prophecies. We oh, that would be that great. Happen. Yeah, we could. We could make that happen. <laughs> Just why not? Is Richard Greer the Mothman? No, Richard Greer, honestly, the, the two people you just described very much remind me of the relationship that these two people have. So it's Mary and John? I, I think so. It's Like I said, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I honestly don't remember the story at all. I just remember Mothman is there for not enough time. For all of the crazy stories that are assigned to Mothman, we really don't give him credit for the love that he's created. Yeah, he's got a lot of people having sex. Oh my god. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> but yeah, after the bridge collapse, sightings were basically non-existent for some time, which most likely solidified the idea that the Mothman had come to warn us about the disaster that was setting our way. This would not be the last time that idea was thrown around, not only here, but outside of the United States. The Mothman has reportedly been seen all over the world foretelling disasters in places such as Russia, Mexico, and other places in the United States. According to Gregorian newspaper, Savonmania Gruzia, Russian ufologists also claim that the Mothman sightings in Moscow foreshadowed the 1999 Russian apartment bombings, which is something I had never heard of and is very intense. Yeah. Yeah, it was like uh, part of like the second Chechen war that when russia went back into chechnya and it's because in part due to these apartment bombings that the chechens split did in wow. russia mm -hmm. uh super intense. was there yeah a lot of people claim to have seen mothman prior to these bombings occurring uh in in mexico people claim to have seen mothman prior to a massive outbreak of swine flu that became very lethal down there in the 90s huh. um yeah that's and, an interesting one. Yeah, and there's also people that claim they saw him before 9-11 in the United States, in New York, in and around New York. And these aren't the only ones. Yeah, no, that's right. Actually, I had a couple that I thought would be interesting to go over. So on September 10th, 1978, a group of miners from Freiburg, Germany, came face to face with a seemingly headless creature with glowing red eyes, blocking the mine's entrance. At first, they thought it was a man in a trench coat, but they quickly realized it was not a coat, but unfurled large black wings. Oh, shit. The men remained in the mine's entrance, stunned and staring at the creature until it let out a blood-curdling screech that sent the miners scrambling about. About an hour later, the men felt a seismic rumble and witnessed a plume of dust shoot from the mine as it collapsed. If the men had gone to their stations in the mine as usual, the majority of them would have died. That's crazy. And they had dubbed the creature the Freeberg Shrieker. 
that's not as good as the Mothman. Germans are not known for their creativity, only their engineering skills. One could say that that's creativity in and of itself, but maybe we could say they're not known for their poetic language. Yes. (laughs) Um, Another theory is that the Mothman is allegedly connected to the Chernobyl disaster. Throughout 1985, many scientists and other workers at at the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl... Uh, claimed to see a huge black bird-like creature with the body of a man flying around the plant. Those who saw the red-eyed beast also reported a series of strange harassing phone calls and a string of nightmares leading up to the disastrous explosion in April 1986. On the day of the accident, several people saw the huge black bird flying around the smoke after the explosion. Even those in the nearby town of Pripyat claimed to have seen the strange creature that became known as the Black Bird of Chernobyl. So, yeah, he might have been in Ukraine as well. But then you start to think, is it one Mothman or is it a series of winged humanoid creatures? Or is it an interdimensional being kind of just uh, astro projecting himself in our realm to warn us? Exactly. Regardless of what. Wait, I have more. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I have more. Mothman may have also tried to warn the people of Fukushima. Uh, Marcus Pools, an American visiting Japan, was out with a friend near the Fukushima plant when they suddenly heard a large whooshing sound and a terrible screeching. As they looked back towards the plant, they saw a figure Pools described as large and black. From the distance I was looking, from the distance I was at, it looked to be sitting on top of one of the square-shaped buildings. It sat there for about five seconds, then unfurled a large set of what I could only describe as large black wings. The creature took flight, circling the plant a few times before coming down closer to them. That's when I noticed the two large red eyes. They seemed to glow from within with a blood-red hue. They were unblinking in the three to four seconds we saw them. We knew they were looking straight at us. We knew this creature knew we could see it, and it made no attempt to disguise itself. Pools describes an immense feeling of dread that washed over him, and the creature vanished as quickly as it had appeared. It wasn't until Pools was back home in America uh, when he heard of the devastation of the earthquake and explosions at the very same power plant he had witnessed the creature. So there's more, but we don't have to get into that many more. I mean, it's interesting to me how similar all the encounters seem to be. One of the, the trends is that feeling of dread. Yeah, but not only that, just like the way that they describe the creature, the way it acts the sounds that it makes, they're all very similar no matter where they come across it. Right. You definitely don't see that level of consistency with all cryptids. No, not often. sightings, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. So that that part to me does put some sort of like weird ethereal strangeness to to the Mothman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So although the Mothman was seen all over the world for several decades, during that same time, sightings in the U.S. were scant and lacked credible witnesses when they were reported. It appears, however, that the Mothman has returned again, but this time further west. Oh, shit, y'all. Yeah, we're getting into some more recent sightings. What's he trying to say now? We don't know yet. What's coming? For over a decade now, Mothman sightings have sprung up in large numbers in the greater Chicago area. In 2017, there were 55 sightings of the winged beast in Chicago, and the sightings haven't stopped since. In 2019, a truck driver allegedly saw the creature at the airport while he was trying to pick up a cargo shipment. The beast was apparently in the cargo parking lot, and according to the driver, it looked like a person with wings that were stretched out and flapping. So a lot of the sightings that we're seeing now are around large bodies of water and the airport, the Chicago O'Hare Airport. So it's just sort of hanging around from what I've seen. Uh, Just this year, there have been several sightings as well, including, like I said, many at the airport. 
In late September, which is, this is something that we talked about in one of our, maybe even our last episode, a United States Postal Service worker who works at the airport reported seeing the creature as she was leaving work one night. Initially, she thought it was a very tall person with a long coat. However, as she went to unlock her car, the headlights came on, illuminating the figure. The figure allegedly turned around and ran towards her, wings outstretched, screeching, before it took off into the air just a mere 10 feet away from her. The next one is only, I think it's like less than a month old. <gasps> oh, uh, shit. Yeah. This uh, one is... What's, hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. Hot, hot. That uh, shit's fresh. It's hot, and it's ready. Manuel Navarrete of UFO Clearinghouse received a report recently from a woman who said that she and her mother witnessed a demon, quote-unquote demon, with, quote, red eyes and very large wings at around 9 p.m. on October 26th of this year in Schiller Park, Illinois. Schiller Park is a village on the outskirts of Chicago's metropolitan area. Now, this is also near Lake Michigan. A lot of the sightings, like I said, are around are around a large body of water, specifically Lake Michigan. A lot of people have seen the Mothman in that area. So something about water seems to be attracting to it. So listeners in that area, be on the lookout. Yeah, definitely. If you see something, say something. And just just keep your like a good camera, please. Come on, y'all. Just, we need if a you're good looking picture. out the window, just have your phone in photo mode and just be ready to snap a picture because I'm so sick of grainy Mothman, Lizardman, Bigfoot photos. If you have an iPhone, we're going to do it together. Ready? You pull out your camera app and now we're going to focus it. Now touch the thing that you want to focus on. <gasps> Look at how crystal clear it is. Do that for Mothman, please. So I've got the article pulled up here. This is from uh, singular14.com. According to the initial report received by Navarrete, the younger woman, the daughter, <laughs> that's what you call those, had, quote, gone to the kitchen to make myself a cup of tea. And as I was filling the kettle with water, I heard my mom scream and then call out to me. I dropped what I was doing and ran to her and found her in her room with the lights off. She told me to keep the lights off and to come to the window and look out into the backyard. I looked and saw a large creature with red eyes and very large wings, does that sound familiar, perched on the back fence. My mother was whispering, Es un demonio, and started praying as we watched this thing. It was perched on the fence, and it was looking side to side and kept slowly moving its wings. We looked at it for about a minute before it flapped its wings and flew off. Es un demonio means it's a demon. Thank you for the clarification. Yes, if you couldn't uh, you know, read context clues. And that report did come from a 32-year-old Hispanic woman who witnessed the creature with her 76-year-old mother. That's the most recent sighting that we have of Mothman. And, and that was also in Illinois. Gotcha. Yes, and this, uh, I believe... <gasps> yeah, yeah. And Schiller Park, where it happened, borders O'Hare International Airport to the southeast. So, yeah, oh, coming back to the airport, right? No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. No, no, no. Okay. Anyway, so that just happened, though. That's crazy. That just happened uh, less than a month ago. Like, so something may be happening over there. We don't know yet, but uh, Mothman doesn't seem to be fucking around. If he's going somewhere, there's a reason. He's been there for a decade, though, as well. So something it might just be something huge. And he's been. He's like he took that much time to try and warn us that something huge is about to happen. We're gonna find out. We'll know eventually. Yeah. Well, anyway, on a little bit, uh, I don't know if happier is the right word, because none of that stuff is necessarily bad, uh, just creepy. Uh, today, the Mothman has completely permeated pop culture. In our bubble. Yeah. 
Point Pleasant fully embraced the winged creature it was now famous for, and the town actually held its first annual Mothman Festival in 2002, which is really cool because what do you do when a cryptid invades your hometown? You monetize it. Yeah, you got to hustle, baby. Got to. Rise and grind. Rise and grind. Make that money. Get them stacks. Mothman Festival. <laughs> Mothman Festival. That's anyway, Mothman Festival. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, um, I think I blacked out. <laughs> go ahead. The group organizing the event chose the Mothman to be the center of the festival due to its uniqueness and as a way to celebrate its local legacy in the town. Uh, maybe also the movie might have had something to do with it that came out the same year. According to the event organizer, Jeff Wamsley, the average attendance of the Mothman Festival is an estimated ten to 12,000 people per year. Not bad for that little town of Point Pleasant. No. Uh, there is a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of the creature in town. It's created by an artist and sculptor, Bob Roach, and uh, it was unveiled in 2003. Have you seen Deadass, though? No. Yeah, you have not seen the Mothman <laughs> butt? I don't think Hold so. Hold on. It will be on our Instagram page. He thick? I also saw a post. I've jo- now joined the Mothman uh, Reddit board, and I saw a post where a woman broke her wrist by slapping the Mothman ass. Oh my! Whoa, dude, that is like—he's packing. That's 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 not the right way to say that, but that's okay. That is an ass. It is. Like it's hard not to be attracted to that. I know it's metal. That's not bad for the Mothman. It's not bad. So I could see why there's so much Mothman erotica out there. After looking at you, look at that statue for you know years and years living in Point Pleasant. You're going you're going to get some ideas. Um, You guys. Here's the deal. You have to like and subscribe to this podcast so that one day I can realize my dream of touching that bald man ass. Yeah, he's thick. Um, I want to rub it. <laughs> help, so, me, help me get to Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It can't be that hard to get to Point Pleasant. <laughs> we could probably fly there. Hashtag go find me. Yeah, please. We need a Kickstarter. Get us to West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Sorry. So the the statue was actually supposed to be 20 feet tall, but for some reason, they couldn't get the funding together for it. Uh, and that's why also why his eyes don't light up. His eyes were supposed to be like big red flaming balls. Like the, ones in, like the, one, uh, like the Denver Bronco. Yes, which is terrifying. It is. They also have a Mothman Museum and Research Center that opened in 2005. I'd like to know how much research is happening there. The festival is held on the third weekend of every September. It hosts guest speakers, vendor exhibits, pancake eating contests, and a hayride tour of uh, locally notable areas. TNT? Maybe. They might just give you some of the juice. Uh, that area is closed off. Oh, is it? Oh, no, I was joking. Oh. It didn't come off very well because I had to burp while I was saying that. But <laughs> no, I was just joking because of all the waste because the whole town would be mocked, man. So if you could still go there. Who wouldn't want to be? My last highlight is that in June of 2020, a petition was started to replace all Confederate statues in the United States with statues of Mothman. Yes! That's something that I can get behind. History, not... <laughs> what is it? Yeah, history, not heritage. I want Mothmans everywhere. As far as the eye can see. I want everyone to know the name Mothman. Uh, as of July 2020, the petition has garnered over 2,000 signatures. 2002, after this podcast is released, at least. At least. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much where the Mothman story ends for us. I think we're going to leave you with a quote from one of the locals of Point Pleasant. So, um, as I said earlier, I have joined the Mothman Reddit board, and there's a lot of great discussions, a lot of fan art and fan fiction happening there, if you want to go check it out. Um, But one of the discussions uh, that I came across um, was 
talking about how some people claim to be cursed after uh, receiving a visit from the Mothman or they have really, really bad luck. So um, a local from Point Pleasant had to say this. Too long to go into it, but it's as real as a bowling ball. Many folks I know have seen it. They've all had problems with bad luck afterwards. The first time I saw it, I was tossed out of my home a few days later and had to run off to my grandparent. That had never happened before. This idea that we're the only ones here is insanely naive. If we crawled out of the primordial ooze, then there are things, not us, that have possibly been around for millennia longer. A millennia or longer. Many religions talk about these creatures, and some have had active campaigns to hunt them. That's the end of the quote. We oh, can- that's it. <laughs> you know, I was going to be like, that's some very wise words coming out of uh, Point Pleasant until, you know, we used to hunt those things. That's from John J. 23. All right. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks, uh, we John appreciate J. it. And that's Mothman, everyone. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I really want one of these books now, and I want to come back to this subject later when I have even more knowledge about it. Well, I definitely think that we're going to have to dive into this this factoid book. There's um, a lot of interesting newspaper clippings and and like That's family cool. photos really and cool. stuff. So we'll have to dive into it more, um, and we'll we'll keep you all yeah, posted. Yeah, once we get it, we'll definitely do a sort of a uh, recap. Well, uh, before well, we go, I did want to say. Um, like we said, this most recent Mothman story is from about three weeks ago. So keep your ear to the ground, fellow fellow listeners or you know fellow long road homesters. <laughs> uh, LRHers. Yeah, keep your ear to the ground, LRHers, and let us know if you hear of any other Mothman stories flying around out there. Yeah, regardless of what you want to believe about Mothman, he is and has been here to stay. He's as real as a bowling ball. Absolutely. Once again, thank you guys for listening. If you have a story about Mothman or you have a question or a comment about something you've heard on any of our episodes, please email us at thelrhshow at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore LRH underscore pod and at Facebook at the LRH pod. And finally, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the LRH podcast. The Patreon gives you access to special merch, a couple of additional things that we'll be trying to do every month, and a Discord where we'll try to post uh, some of the news articles that we're getting our information from and silly pictures and stuff like that. So be sure to check that out. Get that exclusive content. Yeah. Well, folks, that's it for Mothman in this week's episode. We're going to be coming back next week with something a little bit more... Uh, a spooky. A spooky seasonal. Yeah. Yeah, we're so. going to get in the mood. Yeah. In our own special kind of way. Yeah, the mood for revenge. <laughs> I think. Well, um, join us next time on... The Long, the Long Road, Road Home. Home. Goodbye. Have a great week, everyone. Smell you later. Bye.